Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, November 11th, 2022. I'm your host, George Kirk, joined by the two amigos themselves, Cody Roadcap, Tyler Snyder in the house. Guys, how you doing here? Doing good. A little disappointed that the Thursday night game didn't live up to the matchup from two weeks ago, uh, but the Falcons got the dub, and they keep trying to win the NFC South. Yeah, really glad to see Marcus Mariota throw for 750 yards uh, and eight touchdowns. That was really crazy to see. Uh, the Panthers, however, uh, only getting a safety in the game. That was that, That's hard to believe. It, especially in that weather. The fact that Mariota could just go off in that. I mean, <laughs> all right. For anyone that doesn't know, we do record this before the Thursday night football game. So we're just kind of just throwing out there random blind predictions. But... We are going to talk about the rest of Week 10 here in this episode. We're going to hit some NFL news and notes first, and then we're going to break down every single Week 10 game in our Week 10 preview. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at thecouchgms for even more than you get from the show. And you can join our Discord chat to talk to us directly. The link is in the video or podcast description you are watching or listening to. All right, guys, why don't we just waste no more time, jump right into NFL news. Actually, before we jump oh. into NFL news... I would like to not waste some time, but I would like to give a shout out. Uh, Friday, November 11th, it is Veterans Day. So I just want to say thank you to all the veterans out there, anybody active or former military. uh, Thank you so much for your service and just know that we appreciate everything you do. Thank you, Tyler, for bringing that up. And yes, thank you to everybody, current and former military personnel. We appreciate you, definitely. Why don't we jump into some NFL news here now, though? And I have to start off by talking about a little bit of negative news, again, against the Washington Commanders. Washington, D.C.'s Attorney General is suing the Commanders, owner Dan Snyder, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and the NFL as an organization, alleging that they deceived the residents of D.C. by saying they found nothing in their investigation a few months ago on the workplace culture back when they were the Washington Redskins. Um, He believes that the four parties colluded to cover any wrongdoings that they found in that investigation when they then came out and said, oh, we couldn't find any really bad evidence. There's not going to be any kind of penalties against Washington. Um, And this lawsuit does come about a week after Dan Snyder announced he is willing to sell the commanders. So very interesting timing on that. I think we saw something coming. For sure, but it did seem like the um, looking just at the note that you meant the last night you made about Dan Snyder potentially selling, there was like some early reports that he could get up to seven billion dollars for this team. So um, we'll have to see how these allegations, this lawsuit affects it going long term. Um, obviously, as fans, it seems like there has been something going on with the Washington football organization for a while now. Um, so I think it's one of those things that we don't need to speculate too much about what exactly it is, but it'll be nice to get some clarity and some answers one way or the other, uh, when this is all said and done. Yeah. I don't know too much about this. Haven't read up on it, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. All I can say is as a couch GM who knows nothing about the situation, I hope that someone new takes over the team and changes the name and uniform again of the team because it would be really funny to just keep seeing this team just revolving different team names every year. That's what I would like to see, but that's all I got to say. 
unfortunately i think we're gonna have to stick with the name commanders for a long time to come because there's a lot that goes into that rebrand and whatever but i think that would be hilarious as well uh we have to move on to a little bit of concussion news Uh, i know we talked about those guardian caps coming out of the preseason the nfl is now going to begin testing the force of head blows with the use of sensors in mouth guards during nfl games They teamed with several top research universities to work on this study, so we're going to see if they have any kind of results to talk about how to prevent concussions or how much of a blow to the head it requires to get a concussion uh, by the time that this study is over, over the rest of the season, probably into future seasons. It's pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie, this is another thing that I am not as familiar with, and I don't want to speculate on how effective this is, but literally the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, how does it different a a hit to when somebody drops their mouthpiece and hits the ground um and the sensor goes off but we'll have to wait and see and obviously you can see when somebody drops their mouthpiece but uh any way we can find to protect our the players protect against head injuries uh it's a step in the right direction for the nfl all i can picture is malik willis from this past week who never once wore his mouth guard. He just kept it hanging out of the side of his mouth and chewing on it all game. And I can just imagine the sensors going nuts. Like this man is brain dead and he's not living anymore. It is too hard of a hit to the head. And yeah, the sensors going crazy. Expensive mouthpieces getting destroyed by players just chewing on them. That's all I can picture. But again, I know nothing about it, so I can't really say anything. I'm obviously not a scientist either. I don't know much about it. I am just kind of relaying to our people here what I am reading in headlines and in some short blurbs that we find on articles like on NFL.com and such. So, But I think it's still a good thing that they're trying to do something to learn more about concussions and what causes them. Now we can actually talk about some football news as we had some big Raiders news in multiple fronts. Uh, first off, they placed tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro on injured reserve this week. They're both going to miss at least the next four weeks. If you're a Darren Waller owner, you know he already missed the past three. So this has been a very frustrating season. But I'm going to tell you, do not drop Waller. especially Even if you have a league without an IR spot, first off, try to change it. But second, try to hold on to him because he could be a valuable tight end piece at a weak position down the stretch. I think that only depends on if you're in a good spot. Because this is week 10. So if you're not going to get him back to week 15, like you and you can't wait for a tight end, like you might have to just let him go. And then, because I mean, he hasn't been, you know, setting the league on fire when he's out there too. So if you can hold him, I definitely agree. But it's not like, in my opinion, a guy you have to hold at all costs. And keep in mind, the Raiders are bad. This isn't a team that needs to bring him back to make a playoff push. Like the Raiders might very well just let Waller kind of chill on IR longer than he needs to to make sure he's healthy enough for next season because their season's over. It's very true, too, and we will learn more as we get closer. But, yeah, his target return date is currently the first week of the fantasy playoffs. And I guess it would be kind of sketchy to play him first week off of injured reserve in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. But he still could be that boost you're looking for. And then a little bit of retirement news also from the Raiders. They recently signed former Giants and multiple teams, I guess, linebacker Blake Martinez. Uh, and he announced his retirement just two weeks into his Raiders career. So tackle machine, man had a great career and just want to wish him well heading out. I don't blame him for retiring. Why would you sign with the Raiders in the first place? <laughs> wow. As a the fan of the team that drafted Blake Martinez, uh, he was the 
brunt of a lot of just defensive disappointment. He was always the guy that led the team in tackles, but everyone said he he could tackle, but it was never close to the line of scrimmage. But congrats to him on a great career. Uh, he bounced around the league a little bit, but he did cash in with the Giants, led the league in tackles a couple of years. So he was a solid middle linebacker for uh, for the teams that he played on. And as somebody who owned him in a dynasty league while he was in his prime, from fantasy standpoint, this one's a hard hit to take. But again, congrats to Blake. Congrats to Blake Martinez. And I think that wraps up our new segment. So why don't we jump into every single game with our Week Ten preview? Week 10, we got four teams on a bye. They are the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. So it's not the six-team bipocalypse we had last week, but there are still some very solid names on bye. To go along with injuries, as we start talking about our first game across the pond in Germany, the first regular season NFL game in Germany, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I'll start with the Buccaneers side because Russell Gage will not travel with the team. He is listed as out for this week. And Mike Evans is a limited participant, but it seems like he's going to go. The Buccaneers have been a mess. They seem like they're going to be basically full strength, but does that even make a difference? Not really. I mean, you're going to play Mike Evans if he's he's out there. You He's too talented or he'll, he can catch a touchdown when, you know, so he's the guy that you're playing. Um, my question for you guys, because he's probably the only Buccaneer I feel confident playing, uh, but I want to get your guys in, you know, bye weeks, early game, but what about Leonard Fournette? Are we still in on him or is he a guy that has now been regressed to the bench? Cody doesn't want to play any running backs. That's why he's saying no to Leonard Fournette. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing Leonard Fournette. Like, I know he's not been playing like as well as you had hoped, but who is like outside of a few select running backs, there's a lot of struggling running backs. Like Leonard Fournette is probably in that same boat of, do I really want to play, you know, I mean, I know he plays Thursday, but Corderell Patterson just coming off an injury. It's a little sketchy. Do I really want to play Zeke just coming off an injury? Do I really want to play DeAndre Swift coming off an injury? Like CEH, does he even play anymore? Isaiah Pacheco, do I want to play him? Like it, there's a lot of sketchy guys out there. Hell, you can even name guys like Aaron Jones uh, dealing with his injury. I mean, there's so many injuries and questions and everything surrounding running backs. And you have plenty of teams that, uh, have new running backs on the team and there's new splits that you just can't seem to figure out. I feel like Leonard Fournette is probably one of, he's not a safe running back, but he's still a guy that you're going to throw out there on your lineup. I'm starting him if I have him. I'm with you there, especially then on all those people you said on top of that, you have Mixon's five touchdowns on by, you have Stevenson on by Michael Carter, whoever the healthy running back at Baltimore is like, there's too many question marks and guys out and hurt that you can't just go out there and be like, don't play playoff Lenny. And I'm one who's really skeptical on him, as you know. Um, so, Cody, I think you're alone if you'd be the one to bench him. I find it interesting that you said the only receiver you start is Mike Evans. Uh, now, I'm not thrilled with Julio Jones. I'm not going to be playing him. But are we out on Chris Godwin? Like, I feel like he's a solid play. I mean, again, that's – He's right up there with the because the Bucks have been so inconsistent. Like I wouldn't play Tom Brady. The Seattle Seahawks defense has been a lot better. It's 
the first time we've ever played in London, or I'm sorry, Germany, but it's still an international game. And those games are always weird and a lot more close and obvious, not normally a lot of high scoring. So I am like on it. My second favorite option would probably be Kate Otten, the rookie tight end, but that's just because of how poor the tight end uh, class is. So he, he'd be on the dartboard, um, but I would look elsewhere. But Chris Godwin might just be too good. He might be too valuable of a guy to to not put in your lineup. And we haven't even mentioned the fact that the Seahawks is a green matchup. They give up the third most points to wide receivers per game. So it's I'm, I don't want to say like again, oh, if there's a get right game for Tampa Bay, it's this one. But it's a pretty good chance that even if they don't look right, they put up enough points that you know Evans has a good game. Godwin has a chance to cash in a touchdown and get his 12 points. And maybe even Otten gets one. Who knows? Fair enough. Fair enough. But that's enough for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers side. Let's look at the Seattle Seahawks side. Um, I mean, Kenneth Walker is a must play. I don't care how good the Bucks defense is against the run. Kenneth Walker's a play. Um, I'll get to the receivers in a second. How confident are you guys feeling about Geno Smith? We've made fun of him so much, but he's actually putting up points. How are you feeling about Geno Smith? I probably would play him. I mean, I was unlucky to even have a chance to grab him in really any of my leagues that I've you know been struggling at the quarterback position. But it doesn't seem to matter recently how hard the matchup is against him. He's putting up solid points. He might end up dropping 13 this week and be like, ah, darn, I missed it. But like against the Giants two weeks ago, I've had a very solid defense against quarterbacks. He put up 19. He has a good chance to put you up that solid 20-point game, especially because the Buccaneers on offense is what we've been talking about a lot, but their defense has not really been that stout over the last few weeks either. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in love with Geno Smith, but he's again and again proved that he is a, you know, starting caliber fantasy quarterback. I, I'm not going to say he's matchup proof because he's not going to he's never going to be a 450 yard five touchdown guy like that's just not the mo of the saints or i'm sorry the seahawks i'm all kinds of messed up today uh or <laughs> what he is capable of but he's gonna get he's leads the league in completion percentage i believe still like he's gonna make completions gonna take what the defense gives him and they're gonna move the ball uh so i definitely think you can do a lot worse than um geno smith and i would start him over tom brady in this matchup well, you heard it here first. Cody is absolutely in love with Geno Smith. It's his favorite player. He's even wearing a Geno Smith hat. It's green with the G for Geno. Uh, that's really impressive, Cody, that you go that far for Geno Smith. What but, can I say? Uh, let's let's talk about these receivers a little bit. So DK Metcalf, I feel like, has been a just lock all season. You have him. He's healthy. You put him in your lineup. Uh, Tyler Lockett, though, I mean, as much as people have tried to count him out and be like, no, but I really don't believe in him. Every week he's putting up points. I've been trying to say for weeks that I feel like you got to have Lockett in your lineup. Are you guys on board with me yet, or are we still not believing in Lockett? I feel like I have to finally jump on board with you, especially because you're saying about how much DK is a lock. Tyler Lockett has outscored DK Metcalf this year. He keeps getting touchdowns, at least in recent weeks. Like, I'm never going to love it, I don't think. I'm going to keep thinking it's DK's offense and that Lockett's going to have really big up and down weeks, but he's been even more consistent, so you have to keep him in your lineup until further notice, or at least until next week they have a bye week. But 
yeah, I think I'm on the same page. Well, there you have it. There is the 930 game. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Sunday games. The first game, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Allen, Josh Allen, did not practice. He does have that elbow issue. Uh, there is some optimism that he'll still play, but then there's also a chance that he misses multiple weeks. We don't know. It's a huge question mark right now. The biggest thing I can say is just follow along on the Couch GM social media pages, and we will keep you updated on how the injury is going, if he's looking like he's going to play, if he's not going to play. But most recent practice, he did not practice. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. I think I'm going to have to ask you guys the question of if Allen does not go, are you still confident in all of their receivers as you usually would, which I mean I think would probably be Diggs and um... – Wow. Gabriel okay. Davis. Gabriel oh, Davis. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. I got your got your yawn out of the way there too. So would you still be good with rolling with Diggs and Davis with Case Keenum at quarterback? Or are you limiting that if Allen doesn't go? I would say no to Davis, yes to Diggs. I don't feel like yep. I don't care who the quarterback is, you're putting Diggs in your lineup. Yeah, Diggs is still the top scoring wide receiver on the season and fantasy wise. So you'd be foolish to bench him. But I mean, we've even seen with Davis, he is pretty much, he hasn't been that, you know, he's been solid, but he hasn't been, you know, the multiple target number two option that we thought he was going to be coming into the season. He's had his big plays. I mean, he has the longest play of the season in the NFL, but with case Keenum back there, I would definitely look for uh, Stefan Diggs. And I do think Dawson Knox might get an uptick with Keen or case Keenum. Um, if Josh Allen doesn't go. So we can throw Dawson Knox on the tight end dartboard potentially. And then at the running back position for Buffalo, Devin Singletary continues to dominate carries there, but we did not see a lot of Naheem Hines last week. I'm thinking it was because he was not really ingrained in the offense yet. He might start seeing a little bit more in that role this week. Are you confident enough to start him? Are you starting Devin Singletary? Or are you starting neither? I know Cody's answer is going to be neither, but go ahead. Neither. I don't care. <laughs> Bills running backs? No. That's just Do you want to start this Bills running back? Insert name here? No. That's just no. I don't care. Singletary yeah. needs to like really start blowing me away and be consistent for me to actually throw him into my lineup. Yeah, if I if you made me pick one, it would be Singletary over Naeem Hines, but I'd rather not play either. All right. I mean, a lot less exciting than usual. I feel like that wraps up the Buffalo Bills and we can move on to the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings side of the ball where I think the matchup's tough, but that probably doesn't limit your use of the top guys. You're going to start Dalvin Cook. You're going to start Justin Jefferson. But I'm thinking TJ Hawkinson still probably a good go. Any any denying that? No, he's tight he's ends suck. Tight end. Like tight ends are terrible, and TJ Hawkinson's really good. So yeah, you gotta play him. And then there's the every week question of Adam Thielen. So is he the casualty in a good matchup, or no, I should say a bad matchup for the Minnesota Vikings? I'm not playing Thielen. Cody, yeah, Stegen. I mean he he's another guy like. Do you, he's, he's on a better offense. He like, he's very similar to like Chris Godwin Highfield this week. He's on a better offense, but the Chris Godwin has a better matchup. I think that's like a great compare. Like, I think it's a coin flip between those two. Uh, depends on what, what you like there. 
Um, and I think it also could depend, which obviously if you have Chris Godwin, you might not know the answer, but if Josh Allen plays or not, because if Josh Allen plays, this might be more of a shootout game where you might want Adam Thielen. If it's Case Keenum, this might be a game where the Vikings don't have to put up 35 points to win the game. So uh, I think the quarterback, not just for the Bills, but for the Vikings could play a, a factor in how you view their their weapons on Minnesota. That's something I hadn't thought of, but great insight there, Cody. And then really quick as we leave this game, is Cousins a streamable quarterback or are you avoiding him this week? Yeah, probably not. Again, probably not. What I just said, I'm going to say <laughs> if if it's going to be Josh Allen, I think you could play Kirk Cousins in a game that might become a shootout. All right, I guess we'll have to leave it there. And yes, keep an eye on our social media channels as we keep you updated if we hear anything on Josh Allen and going into the 1 o'clock window, the actives and inactives. Moving on to a divisional matchup between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. I can start on the Lions side of the ball where DeAndre Swift continues to be limited in practice and will most likely be limited in game action again. I think he still has to be in your lineups. He still has that ability to just go off, but I know a lot of people are very frustrated after last week. Any reason you would sit him and just start Jamal Williams? Or is it going to probably be both for the next few weeks until Swift's up to speed? I'm on team both. I never liked both, but probably both because Swift will get the yards. Williams will get the touchdowns. They're both going to get points. They're both going to be handicapped by the other. Um, I mean, Swift only had five snaps last week, but he, or five touches but he still turned one of them into like a 40 plus yard run. So he's just too talented to bench. That is the perfect example of why you do play Swift if he is active. So I got you there. And then we have Amra St. Brown out of the wide receivers. There's not really any tight ends there now since TJ Hawkinson's gone. So I think that wraps up the Lions side, unless you guys think of anybody else. We can move on to the bear side, the surprising offense of the last three weeks where now Justin Fields may be a start of the week going against a poor Detroit defense. Justin Fields is an every week starter the way he's running the ball. Running quarterbacks are fancy cheat code. Whether he turns out to be a good NFL quarterback, that's still be seen. But he had 178 rushing yards last week. He's been using his legs a lot more. They've been catering the offense more to his strengths and getting him on the move. So Justin Fields is potential league winner quarterback for someone that might have taken a quarterback late or they were relying on Tom Brady. Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, all those guys that you were getting at the end of the draft. I mean, maybe you lucked out and it's Joe Burrow's bye week and you were able to get Justin Fields. Congrats to you on that one. But Justin Fields is, for me, an every week starter uh, rest of season. Yeah, I mean, you might be sketched out because, you know, George is the kind of person that's like, yeah, well, Justin Fields can't throw. Neither can Lamar. And he's he won an MVP. So uh, it's mobile quarterbacks are cheat code, especially in fantasy so definitely agree with you there cody fields has to be a starter um running backs that's my biggest question mark with this like who's the starter do you play either of them do you play neither of them what's going on uh i don't know cody do you got anything i mean i'll try to talk my best if you don't uh so I would probably say both in this one again. I know it's hard to believe because, you know, we we forget that the Lions have an all-time worst terrible defense, at least before 
they held the Packers to nine points. Uh, but they their defense is really bad. And in this matchup, I think it could lead to some big plays for both running backs. If you, I'd probably lean Khalil Herbert because he seems to be a little bit more of the explosive one. Um, but we could see the same thing. Like we talked about David Montgomery could come in and, you know, eat up the touchdowns if they get in the red zone. Um, but I'd, I'd probably lean Herbert over Montgomery at this point. Uh, but if you're desperate for a running back, I think you can play both. I mean, you're also looking at, I guess, Herbert is the big play threat. He's going to see less touches, though. Like, even last week, they both were very underwhelming, but Montgomery doubled up Herbert in touches. So, you got one guy less explosive is going to get more touches and it gets a bad defense, and then Herbert's probably going to make the most of his in this matchup. So, yeah, could go with both here. Um, any chance, Tyler, your boy Darnell Mooney's in your lineup, or even Chase Claypool, I guess? Uh, I'm not playing Claypool until I see more out of him, until he gets really acclimated with that offense. I think Darnell Mooney's a flex play at this point, especially in this matchup. Um, he's really frustrating because I dropped Darnell Mooney pretty much everywhere I dropped, uh, drafted him because he was doing so poorly. And now I have trade offers coming my way to give me Darnell Mooney back. And I'm like, <laughs> stop. Like it's, But I do like Darnell Mooney. I think he is a very talented receiver, and Fields is starting to figure it out. I feel like they're so worried about the run game and Fields' legs that they're starting to leave the pass game a lot more wide open. And having Claypool there draws some coverage away from Mooney, so it's allowing him to open up a little bit more, and he is really starting to come alive. So I don't think Mooney's going to be the guy that's going to give you 30 or 25 points. Like He's not going to go out there and win you the week single-handedly, but as a flex play, I think he's going to be solid enough. I like it. And I think it's funny how our league mates who know you so well are trying to now dump Mooney back on you. That's just super fitting. But I think that wraps up Lions Bears. We can move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. And on the Chiefs side of the ball, it looks like the man of the last few weeks, Nicole Hardman, did not practice on Thursday. His game status is a little bit in doubt. But against Jacksonville, who's been eh, on defense, I think, Juju can definitely be a guy to step into your lineup and be fine. You obviously got Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes there. The running backs. I've been trying to tell people to add Pacheco because, you know, he is a starter. He's still getting the most touches, but the split is awful and he has not produced. You start him. Do you start Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Anybody? No. You don't start a Chiefs running back. You you don't really start anybody on the Chiefs outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. In my opinion, I, I, I wouldn't Juju's touch anybody else. Even with Hardman producing the last few weeks, Juju has been doing all right. So, yeah, I think I Juju think also could be a flex. Juju hasn't produced the way that you'd hope, but Juju is definitely getting the targets and the usage. Um, and anytime you're on a team with Patrick Mahomes, you have that opportunity to, you know, break a big one at any moment or catch a touchdown at any moment. I feel like he's getting enough reception. So, especially in a PPR format, I would definitely have a juju listed as a flex play. And then moving over to the Jaguar side of the ball, the Travis ETN show continues. And we know the chiefs, as much as we consider them a great team, they are a fantastic offense. They are also not a great defense. So you're expanding just off of ETN. I think that Trevor Lawrence is a good streamer play this week. And I'm also all in on Christian Kirk, who has been almost like juju kind of not a pretty looking play, but he's been solid. I'm yeah, streaming I'm with... Trevor Lawrence in a in a league or in a couple leagues this week. So I really like Trevor Lawrence this week. Um he's gonna have to throw. 
to try to keep up with the Chiefs. I don't think the Jags are a very good team, but I think Trevor Lawrence is good enough. I like what you said about Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think you're right on the right track here, George. I, I'm wow, full agreement with Couch GMs. Doesn't happen often, but that's where I'm at. All right. Evan Ingram was a limited participant in practice. He also could probably be on your tight end dartboard uh, this week when you consider the matchup there as well. I think if we're all going to continue to be in agreement, we can move on to our next one o'clock game. Traveling down to Miami, who uh, actually also they're being hit by a hurricane. No matter if it's only a category one or not, we're wishing everyone in Florida to be okay here. And Miami Dolphins are hosting the Cleveland Browns where a tight end that Tyler was highlighting earlier this week as a potential guy who could jump right back in your lineup, David Njoku, still has not practiced this week. His status is up in the air. But if he goes, are you still as confident as you were back on Tuesday? Who do I have? <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if I'm a guy who has Darren Waller and that was it, then, yeah, I'm playing Njoku. Uh, if I'm a guy who has, you know, Robert Tunyon as my only other guy, like, I'm probably playing Njoku. If I'm a guy that has, you know, oh man, I don't even know who's even good anymore. Uh, even Friar Muth, like I'm probably playing Friar Muth. Yeah. Uh, if you have a guy like Zach Ertz, he's a top four tight end right now. You probably aren't even rostering Njoku, most likely. And it's not uh, a question. If you have a top five tight end, yeah, you're not, you're not playing. If you have Cole Komet, you know, it's a question mark. <laughs> you had to just throw that one out there at me. I know. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, Miami, not a bad matchup for the Browns offense either. And I know there's a whole lot of people that are jumping on the Jacoby Brissett bandwagon this week. I get he's been all right. This is actually, I believe, his last or no, second to last start before Deshaun Watson comes back too. Any are are you guys on that bandwagon too? Is he a streamer play for you? No. 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 Jacoby Brissett is not. If you this would be the matchup because the Dolphins have allowed some points, um, and again, if you're you know think the Dolphins might be able to get out on this one, and you know ha- Jacoby has to throw it around, uh, submit. So but I, I like Amari Cooper for that fact. But Jacoby Brissett isn't the guy that I'm going to to rely on. He hasn't been as consistent. Um, so I would hopefully that you can find at least one other quarterback better than him to play fantasy wise this week. Trevor Lawrence is one of them, and even if he was still sitting out there, Tua is another one. On the Dolphins' side of the balls, we can move over. Um, I didn't mention Nick Chubb, but I think he's automatically in your lineup. So uh, Miami Dolphins' side of the ball, Tua is still a great play, like I said, and the wide receivers of Waddle and Hill are in your lineups. I actually saw a stat today that said Tyreek Hill is actually having the best start to his career in fantasy ever. All those years under Mahomes, he played how many games with a backup quarterback so far in Miami, and he is on pace to break his personal fantasy points record this year. That's crazy. Especially after the videos of Tua not being able to throw it more than 20 yards downfield. Uh, Tyree Kill was underthrown all the time. It's it's definitely impressive. But, I mean, Tyree Kill is just dynamic. He's one of the more talented wide receivers of our entire generation. Like, he's exciting to watch. And he's a playmaker just waiting to happen. So um, it, it's surprising, but it's also not surprising. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with I'm with you on that that one because, you know, he can take a five-yard pass to the house from any given play. 
Uh, but with the Dolphins, I think we have to talk about the newly acquired Jeff Wilson versus Raheem Mostert debate. I promise we're talking about the Dolphins and not the 49ers from the last three years. But which one, which guy are you on? Are you playing both? Neither. Where are you guys at? I guess it's the week of two running backs in one system. I'm going to say both because I don't see any reason that Jeff Wilson would out-touch Mostert quite yet, even though he's now had you know a little over a week in this offense. Um, they'd like both. They're going to continue to use both. I'm on the neither train. I wouldn't start either one of them. I'm not thrilled with either one. I don't know who is going to be the starter, who's going to get all the touches. And we're talking about a team where we're expecting Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle both to have monster games. Um, and Gasecki usually steals a touchdown or two. So there's just too much volume going to the passing game to have that big of a running back split. I'm saying neither. All right. I will and say I'll... last week in a tougher matchup, Hill and Waddle both went off. Jeff Wilson got a touchdown and got about 13 points, and Mostert, I believe, still got about nine. So it's possible. But we are asking for the Dolphins to put up 35 every single week. If a team could, it's them, but it is tough. Yeah, I would go Jeff Wilson. But I haven't been on the Raheem Mostert bandwagon like George has all season long. He's been pounding the table for it. That's his guy. Um, but like you mentioned, they both had good weeks last week, and we'll see if that continues. They both had – it was split 50-50, nine attempts each. So we'll have to see how that backfield shakes out. Uh, but let's move on to their next matchup, and which will probably be another lopsided game with the Houston Texans going to the New York Giants. I'll let you guys pick where we're going to start here because this outside of like Saquon Barkley, there is not much. And Damian Pierce, there's outside the running backs. What, what is there? You can talk about either team. Fantasy wise. I I find it funny (laughs) because last year, if we were talking about giants versus Texans, we'd be talking about the battle for the number one overall pick. Most likely if you would have told me preseason about this matchup, I'd probably say it's the battle for the number one overall pick. Now it's the giants are doing really well this season. And the Houston Texans are just utter garbage still. Um, I do think it's pretty much just the running backs and that's all you're playing. I don't trust the receiver on either team. I don't trust the quarterback on either team. Um, the only other thing I'll throw in there is the giants defense. Cause we need to remember defenses are definitely um, still very much used in fantasy and, The Giants defense is only 25% owned coming into this week, and they're going against the Houston Texans. I think this is a good streaming option for this week if you are down to defense. So we got Saquon, we got Damian Pierce, and we have the Giants defense. That's all I would start as well. So we're in agreement there, and we can spend no more time, I guess. We're back to those traditional talking two seconds about the Houston Texans. And moving on to the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another game that seems very underwhelming, but if you looked at it like two years ago, I'd be like, this is a great matchup. Um, I'll start on the Saints side with some injury news. Backup running back Mark Ingram did not practice. Doesn't really mean too much there, but Jarvis Landry, yet again, a limited participant in practice. It's going to be the Chris Olave show regardless of his status. That basically just hurts those number two wide receiver options who I don't think we were starting in fantasy anyway, but Jarvis Landry's a bigger name. Do you start Landry if he goes against Pittsburgh, who's kind of a mediocre defense right now? Nope, because Pittsburgh's probably getting TJ Watt back. So they're going to all of a sudden 
be a solid defense for no reason. They're just going to like remember how to play football. Uh, so Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, those are my guys for the Saints. Yeah, it's good to see the best Watt brother come back. Um, now, I, I think the biggest name to mention on the Saints side obviously has to be Rashid Shahid, uh, greatest wide receiver to ever grace the field. Um, obviously, this is sarcasm, guys. I really like Rashid Shahid. I don't know why, but um, he's definitely fun. Otherwise, you, you got it pretty much nailed down. It's Chris Olave. It's Alvin Kamara. On the Steelers' side of the ball, uh, guys, they're starting to fade on Najee Harris in a lot of fantasy rankings. I've been saying it since week one that I don't trust Najee Harris, and I couldn't give you a good reason why. Well, this is my good reason why. I never felt like he looked impressive, and here we are midseason, and he still does not look impressive. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, do I bench Najee Harris for some scrub? Like, what are we doing with him? Benching him. Yeah. All right. And sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll give you two kind of mind-blowing facts knowing that we're going into week 10. Najee Harris has yet to have a run over 20 yards, which is not as crazy as the longest touchdown for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year is eight yards. They have not scored from anywhere on the field except eight yards out. So this offense is terrible. Unfortunately, Kenny Pickett will somehow make the all-rookie team despite not playing great. They're struggling. Uh, Obviously, the quarterback is the big reason. Like I said, they might get a jolt this week with T.J. Watt returning. That could be like the hoorah moment they need to get a victory. Would not be surprised on that one. But the, the Steelers' offense, like, I'm pretty much out on everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. A uh, sleeper guy to grab, just in case, if you have an extra bench spot this week, Jalen Warren. There's some whispers out there that Najee Harris is going to start losing touches to the backup running back, Jalen Warren. So if he starts getting in there and being effective, I don't see Najee keeping the job. And that's crazy, you know, considering he was somebody we were so high on coming into the year, somebody who was such a high rookie presence last year. Um, I heard comparisons to Trent Richardson and him when he was playing against the Eagles two weeks ago because he would catch a ball wide open in space, just stand there, juke in space, and get tackled for no gain when he had an easy first down sitting in front of him. It just – he looks like he's scared. I don't understand. Or he's trying to make too much happen. I think that was – I think that's it. He's trying to, trying make, to make make a big play for his team because they, they can't do anything. Like, don't get me wrong. Najee Harris is the, an ultimate competitor. Like, he was – a lot of fun to watch in Alabama. You know, he led the league in carries last year. Like he tries hard and his team just doesn't have the supporting cast. So I think he is kind of in that moment. He's like, instead of taking what's in front of him, you know, getting four yards, he's trying to get 20 yards and he's end up not getting any. I think that's kind of where we're at with the Pittsburgh Steelers defense or I'm sorry, the offense. Uh, so until that changes, you know, maybe they get some better protection. Hopefully you can have a bounce back year year next year but to your, the same point though like if like Jalen were might be a speculative ad but as bad as the Steelers offense has been like he's really gonna have to make some ways for him to even be worth picking up yeah it reminds me a lot of 
Derrick Henry, which of course everything reminds me of Derrick Henry because I love that man. But honestly, not even trying to be a homer. It's just what I know the best. There was a point, which is hard to believe because he's the king. There was a point where Derrick Henry sucked in the NFL. Like he just could not run for more than two yards. He was dancing around a lot because he, you know, came out of college being this big name. And then he made the NFL and he just, you know, wasn't getting the production he thought he would have. And then he started trying to do too much, just like Najee Harris is now. Started dancing around started trying to find something that wasn't there and he really struggled. And it took Eddie George talking to him and be like, dude, just go forward. Just run some people over. You know, you can do it for him to finally click and start becoming good. Well, Najee Harris needs that come to earth moment of somebody saying, Hey, just relax. Just do you just go forward. It's all you got to do. Uh, I, he needs that come to earth moment for him to click back in. And that could happen, but it might not be this year. Uh, he might be, a bench player for the rest of the year. Granted, if there's a team out there that has Najee Harris, you might be able to trade for Najee Harris really cheap right now. And it's not the worst thing in the world to have Najee Harris as like a bench depth piece. Um, But even yet, it's still a sketchy play. And before moving on from this game, I just want to throw out there that the three of us guys are in a league called the Pee Wee League that we started so that our significant others could all play fantasy because they were new to it. It was meant to be a league of all newbies so they can learn fantasy. Well, it's not so much newbies anymore because all of our significant others took it way too seriously and they're all super competitive now. Um, but I want to say in that league, the first round went really wonky and I got Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris and these guys both got mad at me because they thought I just won the league and ripped off the Pee Wee League and I want you to look at how that looks now so I am struggling uh so yeah guess it wasn't as good as I thought yeah a little bit of bad luck hit there with I feel like almost every single first round pick but those two specifically crashed um but Steelers fans, go ahead out there and clip that last clip from Tyler and go post it on Twitter and tag Najee Harris and tell him just to go forward. Maybe we'll change some things here from our power here at the Couch GMs. But we have just to go talk go about Derrick Henry, who Tyler had just talked about, and the Tennessee Titans hosting the Denver Broncos. And this is a tough defensive matchup for the Titans. And I think you're limited to just Derrick Henry. You are starting Derrick Henry and the Titans defense, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Enough said, move on. <laughs> oh, and Tannehill is practicing and probably going to play again, but you're yeah. not playing him in fantasy either. No. Fantasy-wise, it's Henry, it's the Titans defense, that's it. He said move on, George. We don't get this opportunity to not talk, listen to him rant about the Titans <laughs> that often. Move to 4 o'clock. No, we got the Denver Broncos side of the ball to talk about a little bit. Uh, not that there's... I thought we were just moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you um, pretty much can just move on. I don't really want to start... Anybody on the Broncos? Nope. Cortland Sutton's been a mess. Jerry Judy, not consistent. The running backs, there's three of them. Uh, good luck if you have to start any of them. Uh, we can help you on, in, Wait, our, in our DMs. There's one I person. Guess. There's one okay. person on the Broncos I want to start. Uh, maybe it's just a dartboard throw, but Greg Dolchich, the rookie tight end, Dude's been killing it. He's been pretty consistent. And uh, I can tell you that I picked him up and started him in a few leagues because he has been looking pretty good. And uh, other than Travis Kelsey, the Titans really suck against the tight end. So uh, Greg Dolchich, not a bad option. It's because he's actually a big enough target that Wilson can actually see him open instead of everyone else that he wide open in front of him and he can't see him. Okay, that's all the Russell Wilson hit I'll talk about. We are going to move on to 4 o'clock. And another one, another player that Tyler just mentioned, Jonathan Taylor 
who is a full participant in practice on Thursday, and he has said he will be back. So, so much for that injury lingering that Tyler had mentioned, but maybe he'll just mysteriously get hurt again this game. We never really know. Um, the Colts are an interesting case. They have a head coach who has never coached any level higher than high school. Um, their offensive coordinator is inexperienced as well. Um, you got Jonathan Taylor, who hopefully they can turn around and hand the ball to, and that's all I'm starting. Even Michael Pittman is hitting my benches until further notice. Yeah, and you don't feel great about starting Jonathan Taylor, but I no. feel like you have to. Uh-huh. And at least in this matchup, like the Raiders have been equally as bad as the Colts have been. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm very interested to see, too, because Matt Ryan was also a full per- participant. Like, I know he was benched already, and I think Saturday has already said Sam Ellinger was going to be the job. But, like, if they have another negative first offensive first quarter, like, you think they'd have to go back to, to Matt Ryan. And Jeff Saturday could because he's like, I didn't bench him in the first place or something. Like, they could go back to him. He could he could make it happen. But I'm also really interested because a lot of times when a new coach comes in, you get the interim head coach, and, like, you get that, like, hoorah rally this team's going to win the the game off of it. But like, then we have Jeff Saturday who's never coached in the NFL. Granted, he's been around a lot. Like he even said in his press conference, like it doesn't just because I haven't coached doesn't mean I don't know what coaching looks like. Or, I mean, he did play under Tony Dungy, great coach played under uh, Jim Caldwell. Very good coach. Like he was under Mike McCarthy for a year in green Bay. So he's been around some good coaches, but actually replicating that from what it was like on the field to actually leading the team will be one of the most exciting things to see at four o'clock that I will be missing because the Packers will also be on at that time. Yeah. I think getting the team pumped up, getting the team rallied, that's what former players can do. Uh, So I think he'll have that in the bag, but as far as actually managing the game and coaching that that's uh, that's left to be seen. Uh, I, I think Jonathan Taylor though, is at this point in the same boat as, uh, DeAndre Swift because they're both just constantly injured. You don't feel great throwing them in your lineup, but you feel like if they're healthy enough to play, they have to be in your lineup because you know what they can do. I feel like that's they're kind of both in the same boat, but that's pretty much it from the Colts side of the ball. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the Las Vegas Raiders, which is like, okay, so last time Hunter Renfro went out, we saw Mac Hollins actually be a really solid wide receiver for fantasy uh, because all the attention is going to be drawn to Devontae Adams. That's that's obvious. Like Devontae Adams, he's going to be in your lineup. That's that's not a question. Uh, Josh Jacobs is in your lineup. That's not a question. But last time Renfro was out, Mac Hollins went nuts. Is there any chance you pick him up and potentially flex him now again, especially in a bad matchup with, or well, I guess a good matchup with the Colts? He's in my starting lineup in FXF. So that's, I picked him. That's a different case. I know. That's a I know. very deep dynasty league. <laughs> right. He is, but I picked him up to play him because of that exact thing. He was available on the free agent wire in a deep fantasy dynasty league. So I'm sure he's available now. But And don't forget, the Colts have Stephon Gilmore. He's going to shadow Devontae Adams. And they didn't just lose Hunter Renfro. They also lost Darren Waller. So there's definitely targets lost. to go around. Well, okay, have yeah. been losing, yeah. But like, yeah. Mac Collins, I think is a sneaky play. Maybe not for every lineup. Maybe he's a cheap DFS 
addition if you play in that style of fantasy football too. Uh, but I think it's a good good matchup if you're if you're in a desperate need. Like if you're missing those Bengals wide receivers or something like that, like Matt Collins might be a sneaky ad. I'm going to quietly agree and try to get the talk off of Matt Collins because I don't want to talk about him. And I'll move on to the running backs. Josh Jacobs, any thoughts of him in this matchup either? I know the Raiders offense in general has not been fantastic. Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs? Oh, he's in your lineup. He's a must it's, start. Yeah, absolutely. This question? Lock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lock. He's a definite start. Yeah. Josh right. Jacobs has been one of the best running backs in the league this year. Yeah, he has he like a, I just know it's top, we're expecting a drop off somewhere. But yes, you can't go out there and just expect a drop off in fantasy. It's a good point. So, Cody, why don't you take it away with the Packers as they face the Dallas Cowboys? All right. So uh this game is gonna be a, a lot better about the storylines of Mike MacArthur returning to Green Bay. Uh Matt LaFleur facing off against his former mentor and Dan Quinn. Like a lot of good storylines. But on the field, on the Packers, yikes. You're gonna play Aaron Jones. If one Aaron Jones likes to eat against the the Cowboys, just think about to the waving that he got fined for as he ran into the end zone uh, a couple seasons ago. He's had a, two or three, three or four touchdown games uh, against the Cowboys. Most of them have come in Dallas, though, so I'll have to see how that plays. Because I think you can play Aaron Jones pretty confidently. Um, I wouldn't go ahead and Isn't throw he AJ. Uh, he, he'll be fine. He was yeah, he left the game with per- were... his x-rays yeah. were inconclusive at the stadium, so they held him as precaution, and he's been practicing all week. So um, okay. he'll be good to go. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I probably would not play, just the offense isn't good enough. And then there's, like, not one – Lazard, if you have to play a Packers wide receiver, but, dear Lord, they're, like, so banged up, and that offense is so bad. Like, if you – you guys can be like, dude, we're not playing any Packers, and I'd be like, I completely understand. As the Packers fan, no, like, I can't I'm... even talk myself into it. I don't, I don't know where your problem is with Alan Lazard. This passing offense has been a joke, but if one person's been consistent, Lazard hasn't, has only scored under 11 and a half one time since week three. I mean, he missed one game with injury, but like he's been completely solid over 10 points a game. Like it's never going to look pretty because the Packers are a disaster on offense, but he's been fantastic. All right, guys, help me set my lineup real quick. Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders. Who would you play? How did you get both? Miles Sanders is going so freaking late. Um, Wow. My starters are ETN and Nick Chubb. This is my flex. I would probably say Jones, but you might not have a problem with either. (laughs) I'm saying Aaron Jones. Both saying Jones. Okay. Yeah, I want you to know that Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones... Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris is my other bench running back. I am in tenth, so I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Going out there to trade with you for a running back—that's what it sounds like to me. But all it ta- has, to- all this year has taught me is that I am one hundred percent going back to no running back strategy next year because it works. A lot I only of those did. Guys were drafted after the first two rounds. It's true. I did no running back strategy in one league this year, and it is my worst league. That's just because you're not I a believer. I don't know. I'm not a believer. <laughs> I didn't believe hard enough. 
That's right. So apparently to make the zero running back strategy work, you need some like Christmas magic or something. I don't know. But Cowboys side of the ball, speaking of zero running backs. Both running um, backs. <laughs> both running backs. I was going to say Tony Pollard has seemed to be the guy to take over. Zeke is obviously expected to come back. He was a limited participant on Thursday. Cody's saying start both. Tyler, both, neither, one or the other. Sure. Sure, both? Sure, both, I guess. Like, I'm starting Tony. Sure, neither at the same time. I'm starting Tony Pollard in a league because I think that Zeke's going to at least be limited, and Pollard is way too talented. If he's able to get more carries than what he normally gets, I feel like you kind of have to play him. But it's also Zeke, so I feel like the Cowboys will still get down to the one yard and be like, we need to make sure Zeke gets the touch. Like, I I don't know. Both. Both really very well could be. I'll let all the viewers know, like, in this matchup particular, like, you should definitely listen to Tyler and George more than me because I've been the the curmudgeon Packers fan that's like, our season's over. And then the next day I'm like, we're going to go three and three, get back to six and six. We're going to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm so back and forth on how my thoughts and feelings are with this team. But today as we're recording, I'm telling you to start Zeke, to start Tony Pollard, to start Dak, to start CeeDee Lamb, to start uh, Dalton Schultz. I think they can all be in your lineups this week. I just, the Packers have looked so bad the last five games. Well, I'm saying you can listen to Cody because the only person I'm a little sketched out about and then what he said was Dalton Schultz, but it's tight end position. It's a dart throw. Very well could be fine. The rest of them I also have in my lineups. <laughs> Tyler nods right. his head in agreeance. So we can move sure. on to a divisional game. To end out our four o'clock window, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Los Angeles Rams. And the surprise of the early week was randomly Matt Stafford popping up in concussion protocol. He is yet to practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And that probably hurts any slim hopes of anyone on the Rams that you might start besides Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is quarterback proof. He is matchup proof. He is in your lineup regardless. Yeah. So I think this is the theme of the episode. We normally find one of those as we go through the games. But Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, none or both. None. None. <laughs> none of the above. Okay, we're in agreement again. This episode has been too much agreeing. We need we need a good argument here soon. So I'm just going to start saying random stuff uh, to get us on. But it's, I think that's it for for the Rams. Like they they've yeah. been an offensive joke as well. They're definitely dealing with the Super Bowl hangover. On the Cardinals sign, okay, I'll ask it again. You know Benjamin, James Connor, both or neither. <laughs> James Connor. Dang, we're in. You're saying way again. better than me. You have to start asking these questions the rest of the episode. But no, it's it's James Connor. I think I was good with both last week, but now that Connor's got the injury behind him an extra week, he's the workhorse there. Eno's going to be the change of pace. He's not going to get enough to be consistent. All righty. DeAndre Hopkins, definitely in your lineup this week. George, tell the people about Rondell Moore because you've been – that's been your guy. So tell them why that you should put him in your lineup. I have to go do a little searching as I'm going here to see where the Rams rank – against wide receivers, but Rondell Moore has been very consistent since he's gone back to the slot. I feel like a broken record as I keep saying this. Um, The Rams are just on the edge of a red matchup, I will say that, but the fact that they have DeAndre Hopkins back and they are healthy enough at the wide receiver position to play more in his preferred position, he's been opening up the field a lot. 
for Rondell Moore. And I would not be shocked in a ra- against a Rams team who is, you know, kind of beat up at the moment. If he can score a touchdown, get you a solid week. I think he's a great flex play with a lot of these big wide receivers out on by or injury or whatever. We, we've officially hit the point in the episode and the point in the season where like Tyler's like, this stuff should be so simple, but we understand not everybody has rough teams like we're having out here or, you know, we only have three guys we can pick from, so it's not a hard. So we're going to keep chugging through and talking about these matchups, but we got to go to Sunday night football with the Los Angeles Chargers and the San Francisco 49ers. Injury-wise, we don't have any information because their injury report has not been updated for Thursday yet, but as of Wednesday, uh, no big names has come out. Um, but I do have to give a quick shout out to Jason Verrett. If you play fantasy, fan, if you're fantasy only, he's a defensive player. You might not know of him, but this guy has suffered some of the worst injury luck in his career. He's played a total of 40 games, but has now torn both of his ACLs, both of his Achilles. He had another major E injury. He hurt his shoulder. I believe the one year he has had tremendous poor injury luck. And he popped his Achilles again on Thursday's practice or Wednesday's practice, I believe. So, Jason Verrett, you are great to watch when you're on the field. I hope that you can find yet again another way to make it back because when you're on the field, you are definitely a top end player. Uh, and we hope you another speedy recovery. Hundred percent. Wishing him a quick, speedy recovery. Hopefully, he can be back for the beginning of next season. I did actually just get the Thursday report in for the Chargers. Keenan Allen has not practiced yet. DMP both days. Mike Williams the same way. We expect definitely Mike Williams to miss the game. Keenan Allen has just been back and forth with re-injuring that hamstring. Can't quite get back. I don't expect him to go. So again, not super simple. Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter are both. Josh Palmer. I'm also with you on Josh Palmer. He did get 10 targets and have a 100-yard game last week against the Falcons. Now, against the 49ers, tougher defense, which is why you definitely wouldn't play both, but I'm with you that he should be their top target. Um, yeah, I think you're playing them. You're playing You're playing him. You're playing Gerald Everett, and you're playing um, Austin Eckler. Uh, in, week six, in week six, the Chargers face the Broncos, who are the number one ranked defense against the pass and yet Palmer saw 12 targets and still had double digit points um, goes to show that even in a tough matchup, he can put up points and is definitely seeing targets right now. So uh, just a little something else to throw out there to make you feel a little more confident in Palmer. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me from the charger side of the ball. I guess I'll throw out the hypothetical that I don't think is going to happen. If Keenan Allen goes, is Palmer still in your lineup? Yeah. Yeah, because Keenan Allen's not Keenan Allen right now. He's not fully healthy. He clearly has some issues. I don't understand. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, I understand that you think Keenan Allen could potentially be back soon, so you don't want to, like, sit him down. But why not IR this guy? Like, what more has to happen? He's already been out long enough that he could have been on the IR this entire time and resting up and really getting healthy. Like, what is keeping you from IRing somebody. I know you want Keenan Allen back soon and you keep thinking it might be next week, but clearly he already suffered one setback after he suffered the first setback. They should have IR'd him then. 
and been like, okay, it, clearly we can't rush this guy. Like, let's give us some time. Call me crazy, but isn't this his third setback? Didn't he play two weeks ago and re-injure it? I don't know if he ever got into that game. I think he was expected to. He returned to practice and pulled it on like a Thursday. Yeah, he didn't play in that game from my yeah. understanding. Um, and he might have had a second setback. I feel like there was rumors he had a second setback last week, but I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, I would hate to see him out now for four weeks when he should have probably set him on IR two, three weeks ago. But they could no doubt pull a Darren Waller on us. And Waller missed three games with a hamstring injury, then got IR'd. You could see the same thing happen with Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen played in week seven. He played two weeks ago. He's played in week one and week seven. So he did get in the game and re. Yeah, yeah, two point one so points. Dude, yeah, I are the guy. Please, just yeah. give him a rest. At the least, do not play him this week. Like Chargers, please don't make us even think about it in our fantasy lineups. Sit him at least one more week here, um, and I hope he's back soon for fantasy purposes. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league if he's healthy but it's just not been good this year. And hamstring injuries linger, as you can definitely see in multiple occasions this year. Um, I guess they can move to the 49ers side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey could be running back one any given week. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a half-decent streamer if you need a quarterback. There's probably a couple of guys I like better, but he's definitely somewhere decently high up that list. Um, and then you got Debo returning from injury. He was a full participant Wednesday. I do not have their Thursday report, but I expect that to continue throughout the week. Um, so Debo's back in your lineups as well. And that begs the question of, do you play Ayuk? Probably not if Debo plays. Uh, before McCaffrey got there, I'd say yes, with the way that he's been having an uptick. But with McCaffrey there now, um, I mean, McCaffrey barely knows the offense yet, and yet everything went through him the last two weeks that he was there. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be the number one focal point. I would say probably shade away from Ayuk if you can. Um, that, that's if you can. It's going to be a tough situation. And I, on your point about Jimmy Garoppolo being a half-decent play, it's one of those things like we talked about Kirk Cousins before. Um, how, how can you have, you know, this how can you have Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson but not like the quarterback uh how can you like and there's plenty of quarterbacks you can throw into that situation I, I won't keep rambling on but how can you have Christian McCaffrey catching the screen passes Brandon Ayuk how can you have George Kittle Debo Samuel and not like Jimmy Garoppolo like I feel like you have to like him now the biggest downfall on Garoppolo is going to be the fact that McCaffrey's probably going to take a lot of the touchdowns they get down to the red zone they're probably just going to run it in with McCaffrey um but they could also throw it in with McCaffrey uh so I I think Garoppolo is a pretty decent play this week especially against the Chargers defense who have not been playing up to the level we've expected this is also going to be the first week in full that we're going to see Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel on the field at the same time there's probably gonna be a lot of times where Debo's lined up in the backfield McCaffrey out wide for no reason and it's going to be some kind of fun trickery. This could be a very dynamic and fun offense, but we don't exactly know what they have in store for us until we and, see it yeah, live. And we could get Elijah Mitchell back into the mix too, just to add an extra. Uh, we'll see if he gets activated before the game because his practice window did open. Very true. And I don't think that affects McCaffrey, but I don't think Mitchell's going to be enough to you know hurt anything, you know, get anything good in fantasy. We'll have to wait and see though. 
I think that wraps up Sunday night football. One more game, Monday night football, the Washington Commanders traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you guys are good, I'll go ahead and start on the Eagles side where I think it's your normal, you know, starters here. Jalen Hurts in your lineup. Miles Sanders, who we were debating with Tyler earlier, if you should play him, he should be in your lineup in most cases. If you have any questions, let us know. Um, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith are good. And Dallas Goddard, who went off last week, is also in your lineup. I don't think there's anyone to add. I don't think there's anyone to take out. No Devonta Smith. I did say Devonte Smith, and I think yeah, he is in because it's a good matchup. He is a little okay. sketchy, maybe in some bad matchups when you have to limit their passing options. But I think Washington doesn't really have their number, and I think Devonte Smith will be good to go. I mean, Devonte Smith in his last two matchups got three and four point eight. Are, are you really trusting him that much? Because I mean, Houston apparently is a good defense against the wide receiver. I'm not. I'm pretty sure that's just because. You know, people go up on the Texans so quickly that they end up just running the ball. But against the Houston Texans, he got two catches and got three points. And against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the 32nd ranked team against the pass, he saw eight targets and turned eight targets into 4.8 points uh, against a really good matchup. So are you still fully trusting Devontae Smith in this matchup? It's a no doubter. I don't know if it's a no doubter, but I think there's a lot of situations where you're not going to be able to really do any better. If you have any questions like person versus person, you can throw them at me or message us if you have any questions out there listening. Um, but I know there's a couple of leagues where I have Devontae Smith and there's just no one on my bench that I think is good enough to go in there instead of Devontae Smith. Um, so Devontae Smith, Josh Palmer. Ride. Without Keenan, I would probably lean Josh Palmer, knowing that there's probably more volume, uh, but it's still fairly close. Okay. Said like a true Eagles fan. I'm Just trying to gauge your opinion. Fan. I thought I was a Chargers fan first, so. Well, that's well, obviously. You, you get me. <laughs> no, see, you didn't want me to call you a Chargers fan, so that's why you picked Devonta Smith when it should definitely be Josh Palmer. I said uh, Josh Palmer. I don't know what you're listening to. Dude, did you not just say Devonta Smith? No, he just no, said, said Josh Palmer, dude. What are you I doing? I said Josh Palmer. Okay, I definitely Cody's heard wearing a Geno Smith. Smith hat today. He's he's a little out of it. Um, <laughs> For sure. But, Cody, why don't you take us on to the commander's side of the ball? Do I have to? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, so I do get to ask. And I'm, it's gonna, oh, I know it's a terrible the, matchup. The same question? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll get to that one. But we're going to start with a, Taylor Heineke. Is he streamable? No. In turn. Now, you say no. You say no, but in the games that he's averaging, he's averaging 16.7 points a game. That's Plus, a top 12 fantasy quarterback. One. Who has he faced? I mean, just ask that. Man, you're really going to make me look this up. I'll look it up for you. That's fine. He's, looked up, he's played I'm, Green, I'm... Bay for, Green Bay, the Colts, and the Vikings. Okay. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, the last time that Washington played Philly – Carson Wentz was sacked a bazillion and a half times. Like that alone concerns me about playing a quarterback on Washington against Philly specifically, unless you get a point for every time he's sacked, then yeah, he's probably going to score about 25. I'm going to start this off by saying no. Um, and now I'm going to give you every reason why. Yes. So one, it's a divisional matchup. So every divisional matchup just happens to be weird. Yes. The Eagles went dominant on Carson Wentz the first time they played, but that was a little bit different. I mean, I feel like that was the revenge game. They wanted to kill Carson Wentz. I don't feel like they have personal vendettas against 
Taylor Heineke, they're still riding the high of being undefeated against nobody. So I feel like it's not going to be as personal this time. Uh, divisional matchups are always weirdly close. Two, uh, the Eagles are a better team than the Commanders. Anytime you have a team that is obviously better, they usually go up. Anytime a team goes up against the other team, that means the bad team is going to start throwing a lot to try to catch up. So Heineke could be airing the ball out, really trying to score some points and climb back. And honestly, the Eagles have a bad habit of letting teams come back in the second half to make it close enough to make it sketchy. So uh, that means Heineke's probably going to get some points at the end of the game. So there's definitely a chance that he's going to get some points. With all that being said, no, don't blame. And you could be completely right. And you could end up having a great game, but I think it's just the amount of people and other matchups that I would rather play instead. I'm just going to quickly go through and name some guys that aren't automatic starters like Geno Smith near an automatic starter. I would probably rather play Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, uh, Daniel Jones. Um, I don't know. Derek Carr is a potential, but I think I might actually even lean. That's that's close. Um, what do we got? Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Is there anyone there that you disagree with? I play Garoppolo, but yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, probably. <laughs> I don't. Like Daniel Jones against the Texans. Yeah. The Texans are actually good against the pass. They're the worst team against the run and they have Saquon Barkley. Danny fullback. Like I feel I'm just like... thinking there too. Like he, yeah. Like you don't think of Daniel Jones, as a mobile quarterback, but he's been getting rushing yards this year and it's not I think... pretty looking rushing yards, but like you never know what they're going to get against Houston. I think Saquon's getting 40 carries and I think, the Giants backup running back might honestly put up so many points that he'll be uh, a DFS play this week. And I just, I don't think they're going to throw the ball much because I don't think they have to. Um, so I'd shy away from Daniel Jones. I'd probably play Taylor Heineke over him. Other than him. I mean, yeah, you named a lot of quarterbacks that I'd probably play over Heineke. I mean, Davis Mills, who I think is worse than Taylor Heineke at this point, uh, scored more points than Jared Goff did last week. So, and you said you'd play Jared Goff over him. So, just gonna throw that out there. But now it's time for the question you've all been waiting for: Antonio Ooh. Gibson, Brian Robinson, both or neither. Oh, I love this game. <laughs> I don't know if I love this game at all. Um, give me Antonio Gibson, uh, especially because McKissick seems like he's not going to play as of now. And thank God. Brian Robinson is normally the guy who gets it between the tackles. The Eagles have a good run defense. I think if Washington's going to get points from the running back position, it's on in the passing game, and that seems to be Gibson's role. So I'm going just Gibson. All right. Eagles have a mid-level run defense. Uh, they're 16th against the uh, fantasy running backs. They've allowed 16th most points. Um, so that's about mid-level, but at the same time, Brian Robinson has broken double digits one time. Um, I mean, he's getting the carries. 17 carries against the Bears. 20 carries against Green Bay. 13 carries against Minnesota. He's getting the volume. He's just not doing anything with it. And I think it's a big part because of the commander's uh, offensive line. It's just garbage. Brian Robinson's averaging six points per game. I'm not playing him until he shows me more. Um, maybe in a better matchup. We got the 32nd ranked defense of Houston in week 11, just following the Eagles. So next week, probably playing Brian Robinson uh, this week, not playing him. Antonio Gibson is a, a weird one. Cause like he's the backup running back, 
But at the same time, he catches so many passes. He gets used when the team is down. So he's getting enough points that I probably would play Gibson in my flex, maybe a borderline running back too. Um, but I'm not throwing him into my lineup with confidence. Alrighty. Now I'm going to ask you one more time. Oh, God. Not the running backs this time, but Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, who is dealing with some injuries, or Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel all three, or neither. Or, or two, or one. Or two, or one. Well, we're not getting into the complicated <laughs> two and ones. You either get all three, or you get neither. In that case, neither. Uh, yeah. All right, you can Look, just Terry, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin's always going to be like a questionable play because he is their number one guy. He is like, I mean, you could even say the face of their franchise right now, which is weird to say, but he, he kind of is. Um, so he's always going to be that questionable play. You want to put him in because you know what he can do, but I just don't trust him. I don't feel like the usage is there. Um, I would say none of the three, personally. I am with you on none of the three, and I'm going to continue my hatred of uh, Terry McLaurin and say if I had to play one, my first choice would still be Curtis Samuel. He seems to be getting some red zone usage. He's still getting a decent amount of targets, but I'm trying to avoid all of them. You hate to see three good receivers on a really bad team that can't pass the ball. Because it's mm-hmm. like, if they had one good receiver, at least he could probably play that guy. But the fact that they have three, and you don't know which one it's going to be, and they're a bad team, I think that's the that's the bad part. One of them could obviously have a really big game and do well. I mean, if the Texans can hold in with the Eagles, anybody can. So I, I think that there's a chance that one of them does break out, but you're not going to know which one, and that's the bad thing. So I think it's a really crappy version of the Bengals wide receivers from last year. Like there's three good receivers. You don't know which one it's going to be. Obviously it's not the same this year. Um, and it's a much worse version, but I'm playing none. All right. Well, I just hope that Terry McLaurin goes for about a buck 80 and three touchdowns right to the site, the same side of the end zone that George is sitting in at the link. So Love you too, that is my only wish for you. George, I'm just kidding. I I would I hate going to games when the when your team doesn't play well or it's not as exciting. Uh, but George will be at the game. So George, are you going to be here on Monday? I'll just ask you on the podcast. I will not. Your, I, I will not. So it'll be see you two next Monday. I guess Tuesday right. show. But yes. So George will be at the game. Tyler and I will be back next week, chatting all things waiver wire about these games. But as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, guys, if there's somebody we said that you disagree with or maybe someone we didn't mention that you really want to hear something about, let us know. If there's any changes to the podcast that you would like to see, please let us know because we want to make this the best podcast for you. This is your experience, so let us know where we can improve. Either way, this podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. Yes, it is, Tyler. And thank you all one more time for listening in to the Couch GM's podcast. For Cody Roadcap and Tyler Snyder, I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you all next week. Oh,